0: From MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. You want the good news or bad news first? Good news. Got to start on a positive note. I always find it interesting who picks what. I want the bad news first. Get it over with. Then, <laughs> then give me the good stuff. The the bad... What You wanted the good. Yeah. We're up. All right. Up by one Instagram follower. <laughs> you ready for the bad news? Yes. It's our studio. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I saw that... I texted him uh, and said, we don't need your pity. And then I said, well, yes, we do. Thank right. you. So we're up. Oh, by the way, who's up? The Tennis Revolution <laughs> podcast. That's
1: who. I thought you were going to get in something philosophical about like American tennis or the pro tour, but no, you're going all all about us.
0: <laughs> well, uh, there is good news and bad news as it relates to American tennis, right. women, Our men. Tennis in general. <laughs> you pick which one's good and
1: which one's yeah. bad. I, it's a pretty easy pick. I think we know the answer to that. Although, uh, I'm just getting way ahead of myself, but an American's probably going to get a win at the first round of Winston-Salem <laughs> against uh, Andy Murray. Oh, so there's gotcha. Something. I thought
0: you only Americans were playing. <laughs> probably that, too. That's our best option. Yeah. Uh, now, one of our highlight tournaments of the year. So, after the podcast last week, we discussed not talking about Winston-Salem. I think we've, uh, <laughs> we've broken that promise already.
1: That was before Andy Murray signed up and it became a big event. Oh,
0: Thomas Burdich is playing that. Wow, my goodness. He's playing right now. Hmm, that's interesting. All right, and that's all the talk we're going to have of (laughs) Winston-Salem. Well, what was funny is the headline, I
1: don't know if you saw the headline on ESPN, but it says, Murray's dropping out of doubles at the U.S. Open to focus on singles. And I got excited. I was like, oh man, he's playing singles at the Open. That's so cool. And then the story was to focus on his singles development. So he's playing Winston Salem. Then he's playing a challenger next week. Oh wow! So awesome. Instead of the U.S. Open, The just shows for him. you how important doubles is. Good for him. <laughs> he, he takes
0: doubles as seriously as all the rest of us do. Uh, what are you going to do? All right. So here we are. We're back. We're back, baby. And we've got Winston Salem to talk about, <laughs> which we've already finished. That's right. But I will say, I mean, some would call Cincinnati. Earth-shattering, groundbreaking.
1: We would have lost all our money because we said for sure, Djokovic or Federer would be in the finals for
0: sure. But Bet good all thing, money on it. Good thing we don't gamble. So <laughs> you think? So <laughs> right. So uh, I don't. Yeah. So well, every day I come up here with you is a gamble. <laughs> but uh, so Djokovic loses, or Djokovic loses to a guy that's beat him before or just Djokovic lost generally in a pretty good-sized tournament, it's not a nothing, how much does it mean? Because if you just flipped it on right at the end and listened to Brad Gilbert and the boys, <laughs> you would have thought the face of tennis has changed forever. <laughs> well, and, I mean, a few interesting things about
1: that. One, I read in his interview after, and he said he made a strategy change, and I was like, what? That's unheard of for a pro player to actually use strategy or change a strategy during a match. And And number two... One of my friends said this before, Hela, and I kind of agree with him. He says I don't think any of these guys care the guys being top 3 care about any of these tournaments except the Grand Slams.
0: 100% agree. Yeah. Uh, so, but
1: it, I mean that doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. I'm just saying it's a different beating Djokovic in 3 sets and beating him in 5 sets is is totally different.
0: All right, so that's number 1. Let's say Joker was all in 100% wanted to win this tournament. Right. At 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 the cost of everything, including Winston Salem, Ki- kidding, <laughs> and still loses to Medvedev, right, or anybody else. But Medvedev, he's a, he's a youngster. Versus, he is using this tournament and every other U.S. Open Series tournament he participated in, which he didn't exactly, <laughs> which tells you exactly what you need to know, right? Uh, use them to get ready for the U.S. Open. Now, does it does that context? change a little or change dramatically what happened out there oh I think yeah of course dramatically is the answer
1: but it's still I mean I still don't think because I mean these guys do lose sometimes we we're we talk about is just the overall dominance of them as a group it's not that unusual for one of them to lose to somebody
0: well I think we've always and I don't want to feel like we're you know, walking any of our comments back because right. of this, because I, I still I, I feel exactly the same before that tournament as I do after. I just could have been a little more smug about it if he would have won this one as well. Yeah. So when he wins the U.S. Open, if he would have also won Cincy, I would have been way more smug. Right Now I'm just going to be like, eh, I told you so. But I do think we look at all these turns, just because we assumed he was going to win, right. I am also 100% behind the idea that... This doesn't matter to him in terms of winning necessarily, yeah. and I think it is not indicative of what's going to happen in a week. Yeah, the only
1: two things I found interesting about it, as it relates to Djokovic, is one, how Nadal crushed Medvedev, and Djokovic lost to him, which that I find a little interesting, and two, that I think Medvedev on our on our ranking, which is more accurate than the tour rankings, moved up. Yeah. Like I would put him top five or six, whereas
0: before, I don't know that I had him well top eight. you're falling into the trap, my friend, <laughs> because that's exactly what the, guy, the commentator's like. I think we found our number four contender, and my thought is, first of all, he is not a contender. Right. He is not a contender to win. You might have found the fourth best, in your mind, the fourth best player in the draw, but he ain't winning. Well, and the problem is, yeah, the problem is that number three.
1: Is about ten feet on a twelve foot ladder ahead of number four. Right. So it doesn't matter. And throwing rocks at him below. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if even if he is number four, which I wouldn't say he is. Right. it Doesn't matter because the, only the top three matter, and he's not going to be
0: the fourth seed either. So that also sure. doesn't matter. Well, yeah, because being the fourth best means you won't see somebody till the semis. Right. That may not happen. So. And he's also can't win a couldn't win a final until. Until today. Which he was super excited about. <laughs> super excited. <laughs> that very, that very, annoyed me to death. Very Russian. Hey, cultural differences. I didn't okay? see his, his post, you know, the trophy presentation.
1: Maybe he was drinking. Related.
0: Drink some vodka. <laughs> but
1: I don't think we can anoint someone who's lost four of his last five finals. Um, and like I said, just lost an adult uh, eight days ago, 3-0. Oh. Right. So but I'm not saying he hasn't moved up, but there's, he's still got a long way to go and beating someone we we just know it doesn't matter until you beat someone in a slam.
0: Yes. Yes, but that's because of them as in the big 3 not because of the next gen or next yeah. next gen. So so my general philosophy looking at these results is I have to, I I take the side of let me temper my you know, exuberance for these youngsters. Like, oh, he's finally turned the corner. One of these young guys has finally turned the corner because there's no chance. And if I'm wrong about him because of Cincy, I will take that hit. Right. Because odds
1: are I'm not wrong. Well, yeah, look how many times we've jumped the gun. We, not we. I think we're pretty smart. (laughs) Well, yeah, we meaning the tennis community. Generally. And And he's 23. So, I mean, if he was 21, 20... I'd maybe be a little bit more excited. I mean, twenty-three maybe is the new twenty on the tour, but it's like let's just not go crazy yet. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for him, and I think he could do something. But like you said, if he made the quarters at the U.S. Open, that would be
0: that would beat my expectations. I'll put it that way. Oh, and listen, he's six-six. He's not making it deep, right? At the U.S. Open. He's just not. Well, I by wanna. the way, he. So his age related to when he turned pro. He turned pro. I think he's next next gen because not next gen because he's twenty fourteen. So okay. I don't care what they call him. He's I think he's next next gen. Right. So he falls into the cap, which is very convenient for me in my theory. But he, um, I think he falls into the group that's going to surpass team and the boys. Well, and looking at,
1: I'm just looking at this uh, his results. He beat Edmund Pair. Struf, yes, Rublev. Benoit Pair, that's tough. And then he beat Djokovic. So, I mean, he he's not exactly... Now, and then last week he did beat team and Katchinov back-to-back. But we already talked about the team nonsense in that match. But I just think uh, they love... And again, I can't blame them because we've talked about how stale the tour is. So they have to latch on to whatever they can. Right. But for many reasons, I don't think that's the guy that we want to be putting your hopes into personality being number one <laughs> <laughs> receding hairline number two <laughs> well you know I, I did compare him to Davidenko, and someone was like he doesn't play anything i'm like i'm not talking about his playing style <laughs> just his hair i'm talking about how he can be he could be number four in the world like david and nobody will care
0: and nobody will know right. nobody will know but yeah well care
1: and he'll be number four in the world the same way zverev was by making the semis or quarters of every local tournament and then losing week one of every slam right and that's the problem
0: It'll be interesting to see what he looks like confidence-wise going into New York, but I mean serve-wise, I mean the cat is 6-6, so yes, he can drop bombs. And he moves pretty well for a guy 6-6. There's no question about it. Yeah. But again, big deal. He won a tournament. I mean, it's a <laughs> big uh, that sounds terrible to say. It's great for him and it's a great accomplishment, of course. But big deal relative to he's not changing the face of tennis as we know it. Well, this is really
1: going to... Why are we so smart? So he's played 11 Grand Slams. Uh, Guess how many finals he's made. In Grand Slams? None. Guess how many semis? None. Guess how many quarters? Ooh, (laughs) none. Yeah, he's made one round of 16. Wow! Out of 11. And he's made... Besides that one, he's made three third rounds, man. So now again, he has made the third round in five of the last six or four of the last five. So that's something, but I just, I can't get excited about someone who's never done anything in a slam. Well, like Like I I said, said, I'd rather, I'd rather doubt him than be wrong. The one time he makes it deep in a slam, right? Whenever that is,
0: because you're going to be right way more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's, uh, you know, like I said, the natural barrier he has, first of all, in a five setter is he's giant. Yeah. And that's a tough, that's a tough gig in, in particular in New York, if it's hot and humid, which it certainly can be, and he'll fade. Then his big serve ain't so big anymore. You know, Well, that's, that, that was the one thing
1: that, that was what shocked me the most about him being Djokovic was that it was in three sets. If he'd have beat him in straight sets, I would have been less surprised. Actually, the fact that he beat him in three did, did add to the, uh, how impressed I was. Well, but like you said, Djokovic to me, he was clearly using this tournament strictly for a tune-up, and that was it. But it was six
0: three three six six three, not fives and sixes. Right. And you know, at one point, he was just unleashing on first and second serve, so points were over quicker. Yeah, that was what I read about his strategy change. Yeah, was he just decided to go for second serve? No, you matter mean what. he gave up? <laughs> but instead but of tanking, go in. instead of tanking, he just tried to wreck the ball, and it happened to work. Right. Hey, ask Jack Sock how that works. <laughs> and the,
1: remember when Monfet did that against Djokovic, and it just uh, threw Djokovic off for a little bit.
0: Well, but you I, can't do that in a three out of five. I mean, you'd have to have an amazing three out of five right. sets if you if you did. And I just think the the difference. between and then watching the final today, it wasn't a great final. There was some great points, some great shots. But the ebb and flow was, who's going to make the error We you're like looking at him like, why did you go for that, you dumb-dumb? That's funny you say that, because I didn't watch that
1: much of it. But in the brief time that I watched, it was every point was like, why did he do that? Now,
0: I might be super overcritical because I'm a coach, and it wears me out when they make bad choices. Right. Now, I'm also not with them day-to-day in terms of their preparation for tournaments and et cetera. But... It's just sometimes they just don't move their feet and then try to hit some dumb, you know, yeah. change of direction shot that they shouldn't be hitting. And they know, right after they do it, they know they make all kinds yeah. of noises and faces and you know, histrionics. But there's my big word for the podcast. <laughs> I um, like that. Yep, that's a digital it's history associated class with
1: Bob Knight all the time.
0: Yes, <laughs> I thought it was a digital history class. So. It's not. <laughs> Yeah, nobody threw a chair. Well uh, we'll get we'll uh, we'll I'm get to, didn't play we'll final. get to dum dum. <laughs> we will get to dum-dum. So anyway, so yeah, so um so you watch that final and you just watch these guys and you realize here's the difference between one, two, and three. They one hundred percent have a plan. They physically which is important, they physically can execute that plan. Right. More importantly, most importantly, they can mentally, or well, mentally is the formation, but emotionally, they can maintain that plan. They can stay relentless. Djokovic can hit backhand to backhand rallies for 75 shots for an entire set. Yeah. No one else can do that except Nadal. Right. And maybe Federer, but Federer likes to get out of that backhand rally. But, the, the top three can do that. No one else even can come close to doing it. Matter of fact, I don't even know if they know that they can make that decision to do that. I would like to say, so look, one of the, anybody, any gen, right. last gen, next gen, you know, gen X, the Pepsi generation, <laughs> anybody just net, look at ac- gen, net gen, <laughs> look across, that's going to be gone soon. Uh, thank L- you. Look across the net at one of the big three and say, I'm going to go toe-to-toe with you because physically they can all do – not all, but physically they can do it. Right. You cannot tell me Kyrgios physically – he's a bad example because right. he's a wild card. <laughs> but but even even like Gauffin, right. you can't tell me physically he can't stay in there oh, yeah. with Federer back, backhand to backhand for an hour. that's what they do all day, every day. You can't tell me he can't do that, but he can't do it from the neck up. Right. He can't – they panic. They pull the rip cord as – They say well, and one of the common
1: denominators, if you look at, especially Nadal and Djokovic, Federer's playing style is different. But when those guys have lost in big matches, it's almost always been when the other person has just gone all out, full power, and they've just happened to go in. Like remember Nadal lost to Rosal at Wimbledon, and Djokovic lost to Wawrinka in the final. By the way,
0: where's Rosal (laughs) again? Well,
1: yeah, Soderling. Same. Usually, it's those guys that. Well, Soderling release was around for a while, but those guys are usually so erratic normally but they just have a one get to medved always not in that category but i'm saying that's the only formula that w- that beats a big three player typically is you were really on you were hitting really hard and they were going in
0: right oddly enough that is giving up too right because you can tank and go negative low energy low negative energy that's what tanking is right or you can go high negative energy which is you know Anger oh, which yeah. comes out in slapping balls, etc. Uh and so sometimes you connect on three or four high negative energy points. Right. Now your energy starts to turn neutral or positive. You're still high energy, but now it's it's shifted a little bit neutral or positive, and you start to turn your life around a little bit. That's also giving up. It's just like, oh, that worked. Whereas well, tanking won't if you just tank that's not going to work because you're giving up and you're losing points, but you're not even in it. You know what I mean? What's well, like?
1: And curious is the perfect tanking example. But he had a 138 mile an hour second serve at one point, and of course, it, when he went in, it was an ace. And it, but it was like you said, it was one of those 1540 or 3040. He wasn't even trying to win the point, right? But it just oh, it went in. So then you know we have to be amazed. So, I mean, I wanted to come in here being real excited because we had two finalists, you know, that were first-time, officially first-time ATP thousand finalists, which we've been wanting. Yeah, the match was so-so, but I think we're just disappointed because it wasn't the players we wanted.
0: (laughs) Well, no, I don't even care about that because I really try, honestly, to not have a preference. Yeah. And I want to see who rises to the top and how they do it. And then it's their story. I'm just watching it. Right. I don't want to try to, you know, but that final is what tennis is going to look like when the big three are gone. If you call in, if you, if you think for one second, that's a good product, right? You're out of your mind. Yeah. Compared to what we've been having again, elite athletes check elite tennis skill, Check. Right. Handling unbelievable amounts of pressure generally. Check. Yeah. But not to the level of champions. No check. And that pitiful level, I say pitiful, again, there were stretches of, wow, that was great stuff. But there was a lot of, I'm going to just hit winners while you fall apart. And then I'm going to hit winners (laughs) while you fall apart. Now I'm going to hit, I'm going to break. Now I'm going to break back. And then we're going to just play around. And then, boop, I'm going to you know blow it in a tie break and when well, what we hope is
1: yeah he totally blew that tie break what we hope is that it's because it's the first time final there's a little bit of that because i mean yeah they couldn't have necessarily played that way throughout the tournament or they wouldn't have been in the final
0: yeah but they're playing other people I that know. are doing that as well
1: by the way your man looked amazing in the match before he lost who's that Gasquet. oh yeah beating Bautista, he looked incredible and that was a match I never thought he was going to win after he was down a set. If
0: he was born sets. any other place but France, <laughs> he would have untold amount. I thought you were going to say any other era but this, no. but that's worse. No, French. He's just French. <laughs> that's the problem. Eating baguettes yeah. and uh, whatever other French people do. Did you French hear his France? record
1: against the Big Three? They were discussing that during that match. No. He's played 50 matches against the Big Three. And guess how many wins he has? Three. Three and forty six. Is it really? Yeah, you got it. Whoa. So he's won three matches. So they were saying, just imagine I maybe mean, they were imagine if he won eight or ten. I mean, and
0: he is uh, what I would say, not in his prime. Am I correct in saying that? Would that be a yeah. good assumption? He's and, then they, and they said he 80? wasn't
1: an underachiever. I'm like three and forty seven. Never made a grandson final and not, a, not an underachiever. Oh, they I, were trying to be polite.
0: I think he's for, for sure an underachiever, and what proves it is he's able to still have success and beat everyone else yeah. but the big three, which again comes back to us being right about the big three in the weakest era. Hashtag weak, weakest error. <laughs> Get it trending. I know, I don't know what trending means, but I hear it's a good thing. Unbelievable.
1: But I actually watched him, and I thought if he plays this style, he could, he could compete with anybody, and then Goffin sort of beat him without much incident, but... But he was exhausting. Mean, he played a couple of long matches before that. So yeah, there was really, I don't really blame him for that, but it was interesting to see some new and new guests being new, new people deep in the tournament. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And part of it just being the draw kind of blew up early. Yeah. Federer looked horrible.
0: Well, the drew the draw blew up before it started right. with pullouts, but um, I agree with you a hundred percent. That angle, it was like refreshing seeing how it turned out, I will give him your excuse. First time finalists yeah. in a f- 1,000 okay. But ultimately it still looked the same as every other non-victory match. It wasn't
1: first time finalists he just was there last week. <laughs> but well, golf fans first time. First
0: time, time 1,000. No, Oh, since yeah, he, yeah, that's right. He uh, yeah, yeah, Rogers, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he doesn't have that excuse. First, golf fan, first First, first 1,000 finalists against somebody he actually <laughs> right. has a chance to beat. Exactly. Um. Well,
1: and, and you can't be excited about Gofan making the final because he's like 28-29, so it's like, what, you know, is he really still on the way up at this point? Right. Medvedev, you know, if he improves 5%, you know, for the next year or two, that's, you know, he's going to be, and I would probably rank him as the fourth favorite, like they said. I mean, I still may take Tsitsipas just because he's done a little more in slams.
0: I would take Tsitsipas for sure maybe, ahead of him. And maybe even Wawrinka just because he's picking it up he's starting to yeah agreed uh and again even even somebody like that can say if i lose this match in this tournament eh. so it's not that they don't care maybe it's like right. what is it worth to you to really dig in and fight you don't need to oh cool i have an extra three days off i can chill yeah because even Warrenka at this point i don't think he's
1: necessarily playing for the money or the ranking it's gotta be for slam performance. That's right. That's basically it. Right. He'll want to be a one slam wonder. And that's the difference between and again, I'm not blaming Medvedev because he shouldn't be based on, on slam performance. He's he's young and starting out, but but yeah, it's a different mentality. And you saw that with Osaka dropping out, you know. She dropped out. She could have played. I mean she could have finished that match, but that's not the goal. The goal wasn't to win, you know, Cincinnati. The goal is to play in the open and win.
0: So it's just Why are you so anti-man? We're going to have the women's (laughs) segment next. But I just think
1: that's the philosophy that that's the problem with having a master's 10 days before the open. You know, it's a lot of people withdrew or, or quit or retired knowing that they didn't need to win here. So
0: maybe, so we only need to have one
1: master's during a series. Well, like you said, maybe the start of the series is a master's gets everybody into that on that surface up and going. And then it tapers
0: down as you get closer to it. I don't even mind having. You know what? How about a two fifty, then a masters? Yeah, starting. Well, yeah, because the week. So after that slam, way, nobody's gonna play. The scrubs have a chance to play. <laughs> no offense to scrubs, <laughs> but it was an interesting
1: week. I mean, it. We definitely got to see some different people, and there was that one day where just like everybody lost, and it was like, man, who's gonna make the finals now? There's like nobody.
0: The reason I mean, so Riga has three grand salamis and. All of them were in the era of the big three, as they say, (laughs) and all were. And he beat a big three to win all three of them too. So if anybody, that's why anybody who's a more favorite. Why would you pick a guy just because he won Cincy, or just or not Cincy because he won? um, Yeah, Cincy, and that's why I like three out of five because the slams were two out of three. Maybe you could say No
1: Medvedev is in the top, top five,
0: which is something I thought about for our next segment with the women carrying over, but we'll get to that. So, but one thing we need to get to anything else about that draw that matters. Cause I don't think so. No, I think,
1: you know, Federer losing as bad as he did is interesting. Um, But again, three out of five is different and you know, it doesn't matter.
0: All right. So our dear, dear friend, Nicholas (laughs) Kyrios. Has he gone too far? Is it over for you? Have you had enough of his idiocy? Or is it still good for tennis the way Jerry Springer is good (laughs) for marital relations? (laughs) Here's the only reason that I'm going to still... Wait a minute. Let's, Let's recap. Okay. So he does his normal thing where he just, for some reason or another, he just snaps right it just like it just like a light switch it turns on where he's just in a bad mood and he doesn't care anymore and so that's basically what happens by the way, he, it always happens when he's losing right so that's always the common denominator so then he starts well tennis so then he starts <laughs> then he starts chirping at you know fans or chirping at whoever and then it escalates from there and and he
1: got fined $113,000 after the fact, which Good. even if he won that match, I think that's more than he would have gotten probably for winning that match. So he's losing money on the tour. Right. More than everybody else. But my, my only thing that in this particular instance is saving him, for, for, in my perspective, is he was right. And many of the times I think he is right. He got a penalty for not being ready when the other guy serves. Well, nobody's ever ready when he's serving, ever. Right. He has to wait every time he serves. And then one of the rare occasions he's not ready, he gets a warning. And so in that, from that perspective, anything that happens after that is kind of like... Don't, don't say justified. No, but I was going to say it, it's understandable to me that... You can make
0: a connection right. from the starting point through the progression to spitting in the direction of the umpire. And I <laughs> So that what is that what you're telling me?
1: And I, by the way, I hate all these umpires, and the only reason I hate them is because they're so. They they won't say what they're really thinking or anything. They won't, and obviously they're not supposed to. Right. But I just mean they fuel the fire by not you know by they not telling the truth. In other words, by just sitting there looking smug. Right. Because I watched the exchange, and he says. You know, you're telling this may not even been the same match, but there was an exchange online it says, "You're telling me that I'm taking more time than a doll
0: <laughs> right and
1: it's like, and he's like, there's no way he's like because that's hilarious he he said over and over that's hilarious if you're saying that I'm slower than a doll, and that's what I mean, like it's selective enforcement of the rules, yep and and
0: don't even bring Serena into it because right.
1: some would say that's also, and the I case. did see that ad for that what you were talking about, oh gotcha, um, with Carlos Ramos that I want to see, but it just. To me, in some ways, I think they're inciting. I think they've gotten instructions that these these officials have gotten instructions to say, you know, don't put up with anything. This guy, if he does anything, you know, get him, get him. And then he gets a warning. I mean, when have you ever seen a player receiving serve get a warning for time? I mean, I don't think I've ever seen that. Right. And he gets and you get it from one of the fa- to one of the fastest players on the tour. Right. Now, obviously, <laughs> taking rackets off the court and breaking them, I thought was hilarious, by the way.
0: Well, uh, and somebody, I, I don't know who made made a good point. Uh, this is one of the other podcasts, oh, I think it was um, the Body Serve podcast, said undoubtedly the media, TV was going to follow right. that train wreck, <laughs> which ultimately is part of the problem. Now, here, let me tell you where I come down on it. I think it is equivalent to Jerry Springer. Yeah. In terms of, is it good for tennis? It might be in the short term, but it is not in the long term. And, and let me give you a comparison. So, as you are probably aware, if there's a professional golf tournament going on, and even the winner, you just won one point something million dollars for winning a golf tournament. You come off, you're you're done, and then you realize, I miscalculated a score on hole five on Thursday or something. Yeah. You go back and tell on yourself... And you're disqualified. You lose the money. You lose the points. The, the runner-up wins. You get nothing. Yeah, they don't just say, oh, we'll take a stroke off your score. No big deal. Your history. Right. And they still do it. Now, we never hear about stories about people that don't. I don't know if they exist. I don't know how I, you would think they have to. Well, now they have... There have been stories of, you know, viewers calling in.
1: Well, saying, that's different because right.
0: they might not have known yeah, yeah, yeah. in terms of, you know, whatever. Or the rules are so, you know, I mean, there's so many rules. It's, it's right. hard. Sometimes there really is gray area and maybe the player wasn't fully aware. But generally speaking, that's the mentality of golf. Right. And there's a program called First Tee. Have you heard of it? Mm-hmm. What? What are you doing? <laughs> I've seen golf commercials. Learning other sp- about other sports. <laughs> so first tee is a kid situation for getting kids into golf or whatever, right? Yeah. So obviously they have the, you know, whatever, the putting and the chipping and the stuff and the things that you do in golf. I don't know what those are because I'm awful at golf. Okay. So, but along with that, they have nine core values. Tell me, out of these nine core values, where do you think Kyrgios is if he if he ascribes to those <laughs> values? Okay. Honesty. Now wait, is this what I think?
1: Yes. Or is if he or, or if you asked him, would he say yes, I'd do that?
0: I bet you those answers would be the same. Okay. I really I think he I think, you it, think he's somewhere. If you, if you get him in the right place, I think so. Not in the middle of a match he's losing, right. but like, you yeah. know, on the beat somewhere. So the first one is honesty. The quality or state of being truthful, not deceptive. See, I was going to say yes. and then I, I would too. Well, except for that I saw the
1: video of him throwing the water bottle at the chair umpire. And then the umpire said, what was that? And he goes, it slipped out of my hand.
0: Yeah, but that was being an a-hole. <laughs> right.
1: I think he knew. Everyone knew. And if someone asked him after the match, I'm sure he would have said, yeah, I threw it at the chair. All right. So I, I think honesty.
0: I would agree with that. Okay. How about... Sportsmanship: observing the rules of play and winning or losing with grace.: You have to say no on that.: Absolutely not. He doesn't even win with grace.. Right. Okay? Number three, confidence, reliance or trust, a feeling of self-assurance. That's hard, but I would no. See I, was, I would say no, which is why he acts like an idiot.
1: But at the same time, I agree, I know what you're saying, but at the same time, I think that he thinks he can beat anyone.
0: Yeah, but I don't think it's just that. Yeah. I think it's confidence in everything in terms no, there's of... there's definitely a confidence issue with him for right. sure. All right. Number four, perseverance to persist in an idea, purpose, or task despite no. obstacles. <laughs> uh, if the obstacle happens to be a person on the other side of the net, no. Okay. Integrity, strict adherence to a standard of value or conduct, personal honest, honesty and independence. No. 100% No. <laughs> Well, that's a difference between honesty and integrity. Right. Telling the umpire that it slipped, being a joker is being—that's not to do with honesty, right. but it does have to do with integrity. All right. So the next one, respect. <laughs> I won't even <laughs> <laughs> to feel or show deferential regard for uh, esteem. See, I actually think
1: he does respect his opponents. The does he? Majority of the time. How? No, I'm saying I think he does, but he doesn't understand.
0: And here's if the If he respected his opponent, we're gonna disagree, I hope. If he respected his opponent, he would forego all of that crap because he knows there's a human being on the other side dealing with it. But here's why I'm gonna here's what I'm gonna say. So we used
1: to play matches at Mold Club constantly, league matches, tournaments, whatever. And some certain courts, you would have to walk through that court to get to the next court, you know. Right. We would have kids walk through constantly. They would just open the gate, start walking through. And, of course, the players would get pissed. And they'd yell, at what are you doing? I'm in the middle of the point, in the middle of the game. But I don't think they're disrespecting the players. They just – and here's what I mean by that. If somebody did that to them, they couldn't care less. Right. So if somebody's I playing curios and he's doing underhand serves, behind, he wouldn't, or he would have no problem with that whatsoever. All so right. he doesn't think it's disrespectful because it wouldn't bother him.
0: It may not be disrespectful in that specific instance to those specific people, and those kids might not realize it is disrespect, disrespectful generally to right. the etiquette of tennis. I mean, obviously, everybody sh- gets shushed while a point's going on for a reason. Because right. you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to walk through a court, even if it's a league, yeah. because that's a level of respect. Right. Just because they don't care about it for themselves, they're not all worried about it. That's how you end up with a curios. That's how you end up with college tennis almost being off the rails right. relative to this notion in, in the first T program. All right. Well, I think so, if I
1: had to choose a term, I would say inconsiderate more than disrespectful. Um All right.
0: There might be but, might be a razor's close. edge there which way it goes. I might feel like it's a little bit on the side of disrespect whereas you're a little bit that makes sense yeah you're still wrong but i got you <laughs> all right next one responsibility accounting for one's actions dependable
1: never he's never accountable
0: uh, i don't know about that well like you're right in the heat of the in moment in the he's fact, never accountable. right at the time but i think maybe later i think he knows he's an idiot right and i think he knows i don't think if you were to ask him again on the beach. He's from Australia. That's why I keep saying, he, you know, <laughs> and he's um, tan. if he, if you were to ask him, you know, when you threw the water bottle at the chair and then told him, you know, whatever, did you know that he knew you threw it Right. and you were just being, you know, funny or whatever, but you knew that was wrong. I think you would a hundred percent say, yeah, that was a, that was a bad move on my right. part, but I was just, you know whatever playing messing around yeah so all right here's a good one courtesy (laughs) considerate behavior towards others a polite remark or gesture because i don't even think when he says good shot he means good shot i think he's i think he does sometimes sometimes there you go
1: but again if somebody hit a drop shot tweener winner on him he would say good shot and totally mean it
0: yeah, but it would be more like, aha, you're finally coming right. down to my level. Right. Yes, because I think a lot of... When I watch him, and again, I can't get in his head. Yeah. But you see somebody hit a good shot, and he's like that fake clapping thing, and he really means, ah, I shouldn't have gave you that easy <laughs> exactly. one to hit a winner. It's like when you give someone an easy overhead, and they put it away. Oh, good shot. Because you know? if you have to say this, that, the other of these qualities, but not in the moment, right. then it's not.
1: No, I would definitely say no on this category for sure
0: everyone can be can live up to these ideals when it's on the beach right all right uh that was courtesy last one is judgment the ability to make a decision or form an opinion a decision reached after consideration
1: well after consideration i would again if that means after the match is over three hours later or the next day then yes, but if it means after a five-minute discussion with the but, empire, then but
0: no. I would say that it depends on what it is because I think to some degree that judgment of what's right and wrong, I think it's spot on. immediately. I think I I hadn't thought about what you said. Believe is the second maybe thing you've ever helped me <laughs> brought to this podcast. Is that yeah. what you were saying about him? Is that he is right? Yeah, he is right. That he's got to wait. Literally 100% of his serves, he's got to wait on the return, right? Most especially Nadal or somebody yeah, like that. Which is against the rules, by the which way. Which is against the rules. And no one has said anything to Nadal in 20 years, right. 19, 18 years or whatever he's been on. And meanwhile, they're looking for him to take a little bit extra. Now, I don't think Nadal has ever once re gripped his racket while returning <laughs> serve. So I hear your point. <laughs> I raise you a bit of Jack Azary. Oh, yeah, and there's
1: no doubt that... Well, and the, the thing you have to consider, too, is a lot of these... Like, that warning, if that had been the only thing he had done up to that point, he probably wouldn't have gotten a warning. A lot of these warnings are cumulative
0: right. after
1: stuff you've done.
0: There is... I, I, I agree with you. I think the head referee of the tournament is telling their people, i.e. the chairs... Right. and And their lines people... Hey, watch him. Right. Which puts a little more intensity on watching what he does. However, if they said that about Fetter, Fetter would still never get called for anything. Right. Or if they did not say that about Kyrios, Kyrios would still do right. things. So right. I hear what you're saying and you're correct, but he still raises it to such a level that that chair umpire is sitting there and he's looking over here at Hatchinoff and thinking, Well, wait a second. I've got a guy returning with his grip the wrong way because he's re- he's holding his ragged right. upside down because he's putting a new Turner grip on. Yeah. And I've got to make a decision because I've got another half of the court. It's not just about Nick right. Kyrgios. It's not about the crowd. It's not about the rules. You've got to maintain a fair and equitable match and maintain that throughout the match between both players. You have to consider both guys or girls, how, as the case may be. Well, and this is what I've said.
1: This My biggest fear with Kyrgios is if I go to a junior tournament in five or ten years and people are hitting underhand serves and tweener shots and don't say slamming it. rackets, don't, I'm going to blow my it. head off.
0: Don't say it. And so I love that. No, you no, the, you can do that. But I mean, I was, <laughs> was going to say don't say it because if, if you see it, it's not Nick Kyrgios' fault. It's every single parent and coach's fault that watches their idiot kid act like that because oh definitely it, i won't let that happen
1: because that's already happening now right but what i but i love that he's on the tour
0: how i'm not I'm gonna say that i love him <laughs> but i was gonna
1: say i love that he's on the tour and at the open i promise you whatever court he's on will be full doesn't matter 100 percent. playing doesn't 100%. matter 100 percent. but it makes me worry about how many people are watching and like i've said but you know oh i don't need to take tennis seriously to be this good or i don't right. need to you know, make the right decision every time or I don't need to try hard all the time, you know, so that's my fear. Right. But I do love watching him and it's like an, it is like you said, Jerry Spring, it's
0: like an unpredictability factor. Yeah, but it's also dirty. Oh, I know. It's not just unpredictable, it's gross. And I, for the long term, yes, tickets will be sold, uh, TV ratings will be up, et cetera, et cetera. More tweeners across the nation will be hit. I got it. (laughs) Right. But I don't think it's good for the state of the game overall. That being said, it's the state of the game relative to what I just talked about, about golf. Right. That we used to be a sport for ladies and gentlemen. Right. We really did. I mean, could you think of any player pre, you know, except for Conor, you know, was so long, Not in a long time. You know, and... And think about some of the all-time greats. I mean, Arthur Ashe. I mean, the Sportsmanship Award is named after Arthur Ashe, for right. Pete's sakes. And well, so, I, I just don't think it's good for the, for the integrity and long-term view of the game. Well, I think the worst possible thing to happen in
1: regards to him would be for him to win the US Open. That would be the worst. For everything involved. For everything. Every- <laughs> I just think it'd be terrible for the sport, like you said, but it would get tremendous attention But, but it wouldn't be like you said, it wouldn't be positive attention. Yeah. But what you need to have happen is you need one of these, which is pretty much everybody. I was trying to think of who on the tour doesn't follow those nine things. And it's probably everybody follows all of them except for maybe one. Right. But what you need is one of those guys is most known for sportsmanship to beat him.
0: That, that's the ideal. And then say something about it and press. Right. After. Say, hey, I'm glad I put him out of the tournament because he embarrasses all, every player yeah. on the tour and embarrasses the, the tournament. Right. That would be fun. But that wouldn't fit into their
1: persona to do that. That's true. That's the problem.
0: Unless you get the right person interviewing him in the right way and just kind of catch him in an honest time, you know, where they're not guarded trying to be
1: PC. Well, and they could even say... You know he does a lot of things that I would never do, and I can't really understand why anybody would. So you're not even (laughs) really bashing him. You're just saying I can't fathom.
0: I want him to come on. (laughs) I just come at him. I want him fighting in the locker. room. But that's why I hate
1: that he's seated because
0: he won't make it far enough to play. Somebody we care about. That's a good point. Um, But yeah, but hey, I mean maybe he'll lose to somebody who isn't a big three type person, and they will be willing to just you know say whatever they want to say. Because I think,
1: like you said, it. It has the potential to devolve because he plays somebody and he's chirping at the umpire. That agitates the opponent. The opponent chirps at the umpire. You know, maybe the opponent breaks the racket, which we've seen. And
0: then they start chirping at each other. Right. I can't wait for that. <laughs> That's what, And they're dropping F-bombs in a stadium full of kids. Now, yeah. I'm not a nun, okay? <laughs> uh, I get it. But still, just generally speaking, is it better or worse for children to be fans of tennis watching tennis and then have some guy acting like a child and dropping f-bombs right is that good or bad if you had to pick which one <laughs> okay it's bad i'm not right. it's not gonna be the end of the world not everybody's going to hell in a handbasket because of it but it's if you had to pick better or worse it's worse right and so anywho, so that's enough unless you got some brilliant words i was gonna say I don't <laughs> no want, i don't i <laughs> that's for sure i like having him on the tour but
1: Again, the story has to end with him losing for it for for it to be good for him to be on the tour.
0: Right. Um, well, I mean, the problem is is you play with fire and you're going to get fleas. Yeah. Mixed metaphors. And I do think,
1: I th- so what he said, by the way, which I think is, I don't think it's true, but I think it's honorable if it was, he said, my goal is to bring people into tennis that aren't into it, like fans of tennis, new fans. Which, again, if that was. I don't buy it. No, I don't either. That's But I'm that's, saying that sounds awesome.
0: That's an after the fact excuse of why I act like an embarrassment to my family and myself. Because he's got articles on Dead Spin, you know, for the last two,
1: three weeks. And, you know, uh, he's actually bringing me to Dead Spin because I don't really read Dead Spin. But, but people that are reading Deadspin are reading articles about tennis, tennis, which I guarantee there's not going to be an article about Medvedev beating Goff on Dead Spin. Right. Dead Spin, you know, follows all the kind of crazy antics right. of any sport. So, yeah, he is bringing in new fans, but then people are going to tune in and watch golf and It's like, well, this isn't what I was reading about. You know, this isn't. Right. So it's you're not going to keep those fans because if they're coming for what he's doing, no one else is
0: doing it. Right. So it and the matter. rest of it's boring. Right. The rest
1: of it's. Yeah. So that doesn't matter. Like, that's not going to. I,
0: I think here's the funny thing is, is I think he is just so far to the extreme of the spectacle angle that we can't have a. We can't move any direction towards a spectacle and have it show out. There, there could be people that are a little more Connors esque. Right. Some negative when they are younger, but still a showman, loud, and at the top of the game. Right. Instead, we have to have a bunch of PC robots, you know. re <laughs> you, know, you know. So anyway, well, the, and the what it does add to the sport
1: is that there's going to be, you know, the fifty plus year olds, sixty plus year olds that are just like, I can't believe this is so disrespectful. And they're going to root against him no matter what. And so it right. does give you a rooting interest, which we don't always have in tennis. Like, there was no rooting interest today. Right. A bit of Goffin, I mean, who, right? I mean, I'm not saying this to be rude, but nobody, we did not really care who won that. Well,
0: unless you're from Belgium or Russia.
1: Right. The guys with their face painted like a Belgian flag, eh, they had a rooting interest. But if that was Kyrios and Goffin, there was going to be an allegiance oh, yeah. in the crowd one way or the other. For sure. And it may have been 50-50 or 60-40, but... And it would have been loud and, right. and what Right. So have that's you. what I think he does add is... Yeah. There's interest in the outcome when he plays, no matter
0: That's what. a silver lining in a crap cloud. Right Not. Wow, that's awesome for you know what I mean? So all right, I don't want Kirios to think <laughs> we care about him this much, so let's talk about something that really does matter. in and, and players that probably follow almost all of those nine core values of, of first T, and that would be the women when we come back. <laughs> it's time to join the revolution go to our website tennisrevolutionpodcast.com to get the latest episodes
1: email us your questions and comments or give us show ideas
0: madison madison that's the first line of a Fight song for JMU. I won't finish it. Because uh, it's James Madison yeah, University. There you go. The Dukes of JMU.
1: All we had to do was badmouth her for one week and then look how we motivated her. I got news for you,
0: buddy. I'm going to keep doing it because if that's what works, I'd <laughs> love to. First of all, she hits the ball a ton. I get it. All right. But let's let it go. <laughs> they they just do this to me. Why do they do this Did to me? Did they show the stat again of fastest Who, ground stroke on tour? She, yeah. Who's she going to beat with that? That's a male.
1: No one. And by the way, do they do that during the men's matches? Like serve ranking one to 500 and, you know, Serena's 500. Uh, it's, just, it's just stupid. It's like, let's find the one category that she's faster than the men. Let's, let's put that on the screen.
0: And let's find, and the fact that they're sw- she's swinging out of her shoes, her leopard Nikes. She's swinging out of them, and the guys mostly are not. If the guys hit as hard as they could on every ball, they, they, she couldn't touch them. And contrary to this week, most of the time they're not going in. And by the way, yes, yeah, true. And how about this? Why is she able to swing out of her shoes? Because nobody else she plays does. Yeah. they don't hit that hard, so right. she has that luxury. Whereas the men are banging it back and forth at a eighty-five percent pace to each other, and they can't get a hold of them because you know they're trying to catch up to it and keep it. You know, when I get that in, they're trying to just give us a barometer of how hard she hits the ball. Like I get that. I do. I get it. But you can't give me all this crap about women's tournaments not getting paid as much, and they're just as good as men, and all that. And and again, we've said it before. We agree. As a matter of fact, we like women's tennis better right. because the men's tour sucks right now. Yeah. But just stop it. Well, just and I stop guarantee
1: it. you. You know for a fact that at some point during this tournament, they brought up the speed. And then somebody followed it up with, and the women still get paid less than the men. You know, I guarantee that was a follow-up right. comment.
0: Well, I don't, listen, I don't care about the fact in and of itself. They can verify that scientifically. Right. Right? But what does it mean? Nothing. Right. She can't, she couldn't play number one on, you know, UVA, whoever just won the national title at Division I. Oh, that's right. She couldn't <laughs> play number one for UT. Right. So who? So why are you telling me this stat to the way you're telling me? It's out of control. Well, in it,
1: some ways, it reminds me. So the the pro tournament that's in Dallas had a booth set up one year, and you could serve. You could get. They gave you three balls, right? Three dollars, and you had to serve. You could serve as hard as you wanted, and they would measure the speed. And it was like a big contest. You know, who could serve the fast, but all you did was literally stand. Somewhere, throw the ball up and hit it against a wall. There was no box, there was right. no lines, there was nothing, and everybody's walking away like, "Oh man, I'm sure." So, and I'm like, "I hit a faster shot than I've ever hit in my life in a match, I'm sure, because number one, I didn't have to hit anywhere, right? And number two, I know there's no penalty if I miss." So, it's like speed is so far down the list of importance in tennis. Well,
0: and again, it's not said to say, wow, that's amazing. She's hitting big and, and and she can hit her opponents off the court. No, you have to say it's bigger than all the guys here. Right. And it's like, who cares? Right. It doesn't mean anything. No. Relative to the guys. What does it mean to the, the women? Well, it means if you're making the balls, guess what you can do? Win a tournament. <laughs> and you did. Right. Which is great. And... I don't, they they make me do this. They make me do this. We I was ten times more excited about Cincy for the women than ten times. Right. Oh, we talked to that last week, and 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 it and it, it proved out. Right. I mean, having Kuznetsova. I thought that was awesome. Get it to the final. She's fit as a fiddle, whatever yeah. that means. <laughs> um, not a lot of fiddles running forties, you know, and getting whatever. But you know, she's great shape. And she's playing fantastic, and it's fun. And the experience, the level of experience she has, is so far and away above some of these youngsters that you see the depth of what tennis has to offer—both physical, emotional, mental, all of it. And it was on display with Koozie, as they call her. Well, I don't she, know her, but and that's the one
1: thing that I always have to take a step back, like even with Gasquet is obviously she was injured for a while because she couldn't beat anybody. Right. And now they said she had a surgery and she's back. I mean, because every once in a while, somebody just fades and you think, Oh, they're just, they're done. You know, their, their game's finally gone. Well, really, we don't know the backstory of these injuries and stuff. And then all of a sudden she comes back. We certainly don't because we won't pay attention, but yeah. (laughs) But well, what I mean is she obviously played for a while with an injury. That's why her results went down. And then when she got it treated, well, she was off the tour, but then she came back. So she's 153 in the world. But the fact that she's a former Grand Slam champion, to me, that's something they don't talk about enough. Like, Especially in the
0: era where women are winning one and then disappearing or, right. or winning two in the, in the most recent cases and then sort of falling off pretty, pretty precipitously. Well, because they
1: said two a words in famer? one podcast, by the way. <laughs> They said she Hall of Famer, and they were like, "Yes, definitely."
0: She well, won she's two won. Slams. She's won two slams, and she's been deep in a bunch of them. Number one in the world, I'm sure, and uh, highest ranking number two. Ah. You know, loser in '07.
1: Um, but I mean, you're talking about 12 years ago, and she just lost in a Masters final. I mean, that's a, well, that's a and he, big deal.
0: And here's the thing: could have won it, right. and certainly could have won it. She got a little tight, but that's lack lack of recent match experience. I would put that up to yeah. Um, but and that that just goes to show you something that is going to be taken the wrong way. But I'm going to say it anyway: is physically from top to bottom, it doesn't matter except for Madison Keys, who hits harder than any man you've ever <laughs> met. But physically from top to bottom, you know, power, pace, all that stuff. The you know the 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 top end and the bottom end are much closer together. The range, I guess, is not as wide, and so you have somebody that come back that's fit, right. maybe doesn't hit as big. Uh, but they can do a lot of other things and they're just tough in terms of emotionally controlled and mentally or whatever. Although in the final, we wouldn't have guessed <laughs> that. But um, but yeah, and so I thought it was great to see and I don't think it... It's funny because if Agassi came back and did this or whoever, he's a little old, but if somebody <laughs> else... like If Roddick came back and did it, it would be you know an indictment on the lack of depth, hashtag weakest right. error. Right. But she does it and it's not and I don't know if i'm biased against men <laughs> or well, and i, I mean that
1: i think it's a little bit of what we've talked about i think there's there's no clear dominance on the women's tour so it's you're going to be able to do that nobody could come back next year and make a masters final in men's because they wouldn't be able to beat the big 3 right like i mean murray would be the only one that could do it and it would be the same level of story i mean Right. Like if he came back, he could make a master's final, but he'd still have to beat somebody like she beat Barty. Well, Barty's really kind of a new, you know, number one, like not really not a lot of seasoning. Right. Yeah. But I thought it was cool. I mean, it was just, it was like, I kept waiting for that run to end, which it obviously did in the final, but I was just amazed that it went that far.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, that's the question and the answer that I have to figure out is why does that not indict the women's game and it, but it would indict the men and I'll tell you why. It's because we have the ultimate barometer currently playing women's tennis, i.e., Serena. Now, not right now. Obviously, you have a child and all the rest of it. That's a huge thing. But as she but was she had, having, yeah, I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah, as she was in the process of being pregnant, you know, whatever that she had a baby. Um, growing inside, I don't know where I'm going with this. It sounds awful, <laughs> but she was with child. Right, uh, it's even worse. Yeah. Whatever, she had a butt in the oven. That's won. what I meant. And she won a grand slam. So right up into that point, she was the barometer. And but people still were able to compete with her. Right. Whereas top to bottom, most players, particularly in grand slams, don't challenge the big three. Right. They don't even challenge them. And I think that's the difference. That's why when you get a wild card, and I don't mean literally, but figuratively a wild card situation where you get somebody who's 34, who has been out a little while and can come back and get back to that level, it's because, first of all, she was at that level, obviously, winning Grand Slams. And the reason she was out wasn't because of her ability. Like you said, it was injury. And so that barometer is still here. We're all still comparing to Serena and she's still here and all the people that were competing with her are still here, you know, are some of them and so all the variables we have to look at, we can kind of pinpoint. Well, and she's always been a
1: little bit of a streaky player too. Like, she could easily... I don't know if she's playing Winston-Salem or, or if there's even women playing in that, but she could eat whatever the tournament is next week for the women. She could easily Men lose that. I don't think there's a women's tournament. Yeah, but she could easily lose the next. If you're US Open, she could easily lose first round. So, I mean, there's a little bit of her game. Yeah. that's just the streakiness, too. And it, it wasn't like she rolled through the matches she won. I mean, she won some close tight matches that, that she could have lost. Right. So I just think, remember, she played those two marathons with Schiavone. Yes. Like one of them was like four hours and 44 minutes or something. It was insane. So, I mean, she, yeah, fitness is not her issue. And those are the players like Agassi that you see hanging on the tour longer. So, that's the other thing. We haven't really figured out why these 35-year-olds, 34-years can be in better shape than some of these 25-year-olds. But it seems to be a common thing they, on both tours.
0: Well, on the men's side, it's because the young, younger ones suck at tennis. <laughs> Relative to the big three, of course. Right. So, anyway, she was obviously a huge story, particularly since that story went all the way to the finals, but for us in this podcast, in American tennis, uh, Keys is a huge story. Now, how huge? I don't know, because the U.S. Open was followed up by years in the desert, wandering aimlessly, (laughs) missing shots from everywhere, (laughs) and... The one thing I will say about the fact that she hits harder than any man you've ever met is the fact that she's playing women, so it matters. Right. And if she can do that for you know seven rounds, then no question she can win a, win a U.S. Open. And uh, hopefully, because she didn't look anywhere close to how she looked in the U.S. Open final against Sloan. Right. I mean, she looked pitiful. She looked like her eyes were darting all around. She had no answers. No, She didn't even know the questions to ask, much less <laughs> the answers. And, you know, now in this final, she looked pretty... I mean, she made some errors, but that's making an unforced error because you hit, you know, the ball, Mach 1, versus making unforced errors because the racket weighs 300 pounds and you're freaking out. Way different things. And I think... Any any unsteadiness she had, I think, was just simply high-risk, high-reward tennis she plays. Yeah, and I mean, it's still
1: hard to get excited about her just because of the way she plays. She's just, I just feel like and I that win against Halep was incredible. Yes. Because uh, that's someone that, that style is someone she really struggles with. But it's just, I feel like, inevitably, she's going to end up against somebody that plays that way and it's going to hurt her and she's going to fall apart so i'm looking at we, well, we always the question we ask every tournament of the year is what does this mean for the slam upcoming sure so we had keys beat kuznetsova well last year i just decided to look back at last year burton's beat Hallep. well neither burton's nor Hallep made the quarters last year of the us open right so of course just by one year you could say well they don't really mean that much uh, i would normally say it for the women it means a lot more than the men I would
0: say I would agree with you generally, how but
1: how lost first round.
0: But I think case by case in this regard I think on the men's side you can you can speak in complete generalities and have a pretty good batting average on being right. Right. On the women's side, I do think you need to be a little more careful. But you look at case by case, and in her in particular, I think this could mean more for her than it would for other players. So I think this well, specific instance, you know, we'll find out in a week, but. I agree with you, number one, because
1: she's had success at the Open before. So how can you not go into the Open with confidence after this? Well, and I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you how, because you haven't been playing great. Right. That's how. Well, but what I mean is. She's got to be going in with more than a lot of these other players right
0: now. Yeah. But the question is, too, how much does that mean? I mean, yeah. like a like a Svitolina. I mean, come on. How confident is she? Or Osaka who couldn't Or Osaka. Match. Or Barty.
1: Barty was one match away from number one in the world again Ouch. and lost. Ouchie. I have to say, Kennan is a consistent, again, I use that term a lot, consistent ascent. She's going up yes. every week.
0: Yeah. She was the other other big story, I thought. And I think she was, from the neck up, she was in that Keys match 100% yeah. the entire time.
1: I still hear, see her as a big threat. She's probably the biggest threat that I see outside of the top 10 or 15.
0: Well, you can see the difference on playing a player like Keys that hits that hard. She could not generate pace because she couldn't catch up to the ball. Right. and She just wasn't ready when she had the chance, whereas normally she's playing somebody that's got a little bit more moderate pace. She can step in, get to the ball early, and, and then put some pop on it. And so I, I think her power is a little more dependent on things, whereas Keys just destroys it nonstop want to think like you said about that power can keys like
1: that's the problem with hitting that all out can you really is there ever a time when you're going to go seven straight matches hitting that hard where it goes in well and you know and to, obviously she's done it where she won six she lost in the US open final so i
0: mean well, she did it six matches right and to be fair i think it's a little bit unfair to say that's all she does because she doesn't right but depending on who she's playing and how the balls are coming to her, if it's above her, you know, if it's short, right around shoulder height, she's tagging it. And she was running a
1: howl to death.
0: And she should tag it because right. that's right in her strike zone. And, and she's going to win more points If she makes the balls in the court, I mean, she's going to win a higher, way higher percentage of those points than lose. And so now the percentage you're looking for is make miss, uh, because it's kind of like going for two first serves like Medvedev did, you know, two first right. serves, the percentages are you're going to win more points if that percentage of second serve is high enough.
1: And I think the reason she won so many close matches is that the other players are just exhausting themselves, chasing all those shots down. Yeah. I mean, how rare for her. She looked exhausted at the end of that match because she was making her run every point. Right. And I mean, I guess it takes more energy to sprint for balls than it does for hit every ball as hard as you can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I would, I would say so. Especially yeah. if you're standing in one spot and you don't have to stretch for sure. Absolutely, for sure. So I think, you know, that that added another level. Because
1: really, we had said Keys was kind of on the outside looking in right. going in the Open before this tournament. And now you've got to put her as one of the top contenders.
0: Oh, that is tricky. <laughs> it is. Well, and, top,
1: and when I say top, I mean top six or eight.
0: Yeah, but there is no big three. So when you say top six or eight, that means
1: equal chance to win.
0: You could put money on any of them and have just as good of a chance as anybody else that put money on them. Not that I gamble. (laughs) Um, Who's going to go further? Farther? Kennan or Keys? Obviously draw dependent, but I mean, I would say other people are looking at them right they're more of a factor for other players and other players are a factor for how far
1: they those two go. i'll do what you don't like to do which is i'll say because keys is going to have a high seating i'm going to pick her which again we've proven how much seating means right, the women's, right. But, but i mean Kennan could literally play i don't even think she'll be seated because she wasn't seated in this if she is she'll be 17 to 32 right meaning she could play the number one
0: in the third round yeah, um, which means nothing. Of I course, know. you just <laughs> right when you say that, you're thinking, wait, the, the last couple number ones that the number played one is today hasn't made it to anything. So, but yeah, I think for that reason, I'd have, to, I'd have to say keys. See, just on the merits of watching them the last couple of over the summer, I would have to say Canon. She's been consi- more consistent, definitely. But you're exactly right. The draw is dependent. Even though we have no idea, it's not like we can say, all right, who's our fourth best option on the men's? Well, it's whoever the four seed is because they're staying away from the big three. Right. Whereas for us, there is no big three. So literally, it only, when I say draw dependent, it means. Whatever happens, however it all shakes out, it's probably because of the people they played. Right. Even though we don't know who that could be, because it could be anybody. Right. Which doesn't make any sense. I'm <laughs> rambling, but that's what women's tennis is
1: right now. Well, let me phrase it like this: even though this isn't our U.S. Open preview, but if you could pick any four women, so let's say just I any, like where this is going. <laughs> any four you want, and you could you had to either bet on those four or the, or the other 124. What would you choose?
0: Ooh, well, because I think I'm a genius, I would pick the four. <laughs> well, and the reason I asked that is... But numbers-wise, you'd be a sucker to well, do that's that. what I was going to say. So I was going
1: to say, how high does that number have to get where you don't choose the field? Because I think with four, I'm taking the field every time. Right. With six, nah, with eight, I'm probably taking the eight. Yeah. But I'm thinking, you can't narrow down to four and say, I've got the winner. Because right. As a man, you would take three. No place would give you the bet for top three.
0: Literally 100% of the time, even if... I would pick the big three, even if two of them quit. <laughs> If two of them said, yeah, we're not playing the U.S. Open this year, whoever the third one is, I'm taking I'd like to see the odds. I don't think they would even give odds for that. I mean, there's no
1: place we'd take a bet where I'll bet any of the big three to win. I don't right. think they would take it. But not in now. women's, I think you could do that. Yeah. And you need to open confident. up a sports book. <laughs> I've been there, done that. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> FBI, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's... But I think, again, that makes the women's interesting because we have someone to pivot to when one of those presumed favorites loses and we don't have that in the men's like it was sort of that was a little bit of the problem with this week with the men's that the wind kind of came out of the sails and it was like okay man now we got to watch the women's because that one's still interesting the, the men's was like uh, yeah. it's not really an outcome that's going to excite me at this point
0: right including Djokovic winning right you know, like even that like we're talking about as far back as when Federer lost yeah. was, I mean yeah that
1: changed everything like Keys or Kennan or you know Halep but, or Barty any of those would have been exciting Osaka
0: by the way Everybody on TV, in terms of the men's ten, men's game, will say every single thing to make our point but would never say weakest error right. because they're chumps. Either they don't see it because they're not as smart as we are, or they have an obligation to sell the game that they right. make money commentating on. Right. Uh, but there was one stat where they talk about contenders for this tournament. Top half, bottom half, two. <laughs> and they had two, and I'm like, I'm mm, really. Right. Um, it, it was incredible. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Hashtag weakest error. Right. Hello. And the only reason there were two is because they were in the bottom
1: half. If they'd have been in the top half, they wouldn't have been on the list. Right? Exactly. It's how bad the bottom half was. They're like somebody's got to make the
0: final. Right. Which, if you make the final, you're a contender, I guess, by definition. Yeah, theoretically. So that's a fantastic point. Uh, once again, but you're right. You don't do often. But, but they won't ever it.
1: say. Even though the crowd was half full, and even though they're obviously when they won't ever say, well, is in the final that any of us hope for. We got two guys, but nobody really cares about.
0: Once again. The women's final should have got paid double what the men's <laughs> final did outside of previous, you know, and it should have been second too. by the way. W- yes, um, of course, because that's why there was unless there. it was hotter second, make the guys suffer. <laughs> I don't care about that. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. really, I mean, what a, what a better environment if you're physically if both women were physically 100% because they're not getting destroyed by the heat right. and then make the men suffer. Who cares? but I guarantee that's why people leather like the men's can't be as good as this was. Right. Uh, and they
1: left. And again, maybe, you know, people were in and out and they stayed for some and didn't stay for the end. But yeah, I mean, as you, as expected, the women's greatly surpassed. Yeah. the Yeah. So
0: again, just because I can't stand people talking about keys hitting a bigger forehand than any man ever. And the fact that they try to allude to the fact that means something. I've talked about that too much, but the bottom line is it's clear we're not sexist. Well, but the only time they ever
1: do that with men is if they compare like forehand to backhand. Like while Rinka hits 86 mile an hour forehand and 85 mile an hour backhand, like they always compare. He's one of the only ones right. that's like similar. They never, they never show like top five forehand speeds or top, like, so it's, it's irrelevant unless it suits their argument. That's what irritates the
0: me. The only time they ever talked about it was when Delpo was unleashing ungodly speeds on his forehand when he won the U.S. Open. Right. Uh, which was Insane, but that's the other thing. Like you said, if they showed the twenty
1: fastest forehands of the year, how many of them are going to be female? Right, it's probably zero. Yeah, so it's like it's just a it's just a stat that doesn't matter. Right, like a, a average forehand speed. Okay, I mean,
0: what well, matters relative to her opponents yeah. in her match. But yeah, but that they just showed her average speed, which is her wonderful. Opponent, that's fine. But that's the point. That's what drives me insane is they're trying to sell it like it means something. Like, oh, look at this. Oh, right. look at this. But again. You, the storylines, the actual tennis, uh, what it means for the U.S. Open, the women's match, the, winners, and the winner and the runner-up should have made more than the men if we were doing it with my system. Yeah, and I don't think Kuznetsova got, has a
1: wild card to the U.S. Open. She better get one. Um, so well, I think they've given them all out, so I don't know what they're going to do. I guess, I mean, she'll be in qualifying, obviously, but that's pretty crazy. That's that's a a system they got to change for the slams. By the way, they got to make the time more more closer to when the slam starts. when the the ranking matters. Right. Um, Did you get any excitement about that doubles at all? There was doubles. (laughs) I thought we've gotten rid of doubles totally (laughs) with the Murray and Kurios, because Curios was gone in one round. But.
0: yeah, curious and to right? more
1: attention to it just because partly because Tennis Channel lost the, the tournament for the last 3 days. Right. Which was also dumb. I hate that when it changes channels like
0: that. Well, if it's if if, if it's because our sports making more money, I guess I'll take it. Uh, that's got to be the only reason. I just wish Tennis Channel had the the coverage across the country in terms of, you know, how many TVs they are on in the US and and then by the way, once again, I'm going to make a plug for Jim Courier. I thought you were going to say Tennis Channel Plus. What a fantastic... No. <laughs> Although that helps. Yeah. Uh, what a fan... I, I just like him. Fantastic. Him and Paul Anacone. You can tell, by the way, that speaking of,
1: he he hates Curios. Yes. I can... You can... Very obvious. Because
0: he didn't say anything negative about him, but right. it was like, this has just gone beyond. Well, yeah. he
1: said, I don't have anything else to say about this. Right. Let's, exactly. talk, about, let's talk about catching <laughs> yeah, off or right. something, you know. He just right. like, let's just get this over with.
0: But I'm, uh, Jim, call in. I'd love to talk to you. You're one of my favorite commentators. you met him too. I have. He doesn't remember it. But hey. <laughs> All right. So off the momentum of our 122nd Instagram follower, <laughs> uh, y'all need to get on it out there. Let's, let's get our Instagram following even higher. I, my goal by the end of the year, we're at 122. I know this is ambitious, 125. (laughs) So I want to get to 125 by the end of the season. Kardashians probably add like 125 per hour. Unbelievable. (laughs) Um, So Instagram, Tennis Revolution Pod on Instagram. Follow it, live it, love it, Tennis Rev Pod on Twitter. Also, love it. We're still working on getting audio for Instagram. We don't know what we're doing. We have no technical ability. (laughs) We have no podcasting ability, to be fair, but no technical (laughs) ability. Definitely
1: no video or pictures. We know that. That's against the rules.
0: Right. (laughs) So anyway, so we're going to try to do that. Our producer kind of gave us a a little tip about how to do it today. We'll see if it works out or if I just blow my house up trying to figure (laughs) it out on the computer. Um, but yeah, those are two, the two best ways to, uh, support the podcast besides just send us wads of cash, I guess. Um, which I don't know. I'm not going to tell you where to send. It. I don't want to <laughs> be sending me stuff. Yeah, um, exactly. so yeah, so get on Twitter, get on Instagram. Uh, for now you'll get nothing on Instagram. We're working on it. Uh, but Twitter you'll get updates, links to the newest episode, et cetera. Subscribe to it. Tell your friends to subscribe to it. Tell your opponents to subscribe to it um yeah and that's it anything else from you i think that's it man i'm looking forward to a week of no tennis oh wait <laughs> uh we're then, not talking then about. the real week of tennis then the the week of the year of tennis that's right the u.s open uh so very excited about that Uh good summer of tennis so far a lot of good stuff yeah we have stuff we have multiple things to be excited about which isn't always the case yes that's true so all right until next time Thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Maria is finished.